Welcome to the Pseudobook Podcast. This is a show about the arts, and one of the things we love doing on this show is getting to talk to active artists that are that are doing and creating and uh, just part of wonderful things going on. And uh, here in Denver, I have the pleasure of getting to talk to three dancers and company artists from Wonderbound. Um, Wonderbound is an American dance company that mixes traditional ballet with uh, modern collaborations, and excited to talk about some of the work. Um, that's going on there. Um, so we have Meredith Strathmeyer. Hello, everybody. And Candace Bergeron. Hello. And Damian Patterson. Hello. How you guys doing? You just got out of rehearsal, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Pretty so, good. Pretty good. At this point, two weeks out from your next production, are you guys tired? Is it like go time as far as rehearsal? Yeah. 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 I'd say it's um, it's not too stressful though. I feel like this has been a really fun process and. Not, uh, pretty relaxing, I think. Cool. So the, the next Wonderbound production, uh, which is what we're here to discuss, is Winter, which premieres on uh, December 10th and then also the 11th, the 17th, and the 18th. Um, and there's some interesting aspects to this production that um, I, I can't wait to dig into. But first off, there's two different showings on each of these dates, uh, uh, an appetizer and a dessert showing, and we'll, we'll get into more of what that means. But um, so... What makes Winter different than the other Wonderbound productions, or uh, what sets it apart? Well, I think our audiences are go- going to see like the same. They've come to expect a certain kind of movement and really great live music from us, um, and they're going to get that. But it's also multi-sensory, so we're going to really involve a lot of touch and a lot of uh, taste. Obviously, with the two shows being curated as an appetizer show and a dessert show. Uh, And we're even going to play with certain smells, bringing that into the whole space. Now, I find that really interesting because... uh you guys have been doing some of this stuff in, in different measures with your other productions. You've broken the fourth wall. There's always interesting visual stuff going on, not just costumes and, and stage, but just visual effects and, and overlays. And, uh, and then obviously the music collaborations. You guys have worked with Paper Bird, which is pretty huge here in Colorado, and uh, Jesse Manley, who you're going to be working with again uh, with this production, and also Ian Cook and, and others. So it seems like uh, collaboration is really core to Wonderbound. Could you ever imagine going back to something that wasn't this integrated? No. no. Not at all. It wouldn't be... I, I think that the collaborations that we do now, um, they they wake up something in you. They, they, they make you more hungry for it because there's this big... The, you know, the, the musicians come in and they play music or they record music and then we get to start dancing around to it and creating to, uh, to the music and then they come in and they're like, oh, okay. And then it's just so fun to just see all of this stuff just... So there's, there's iteration to it. It's not just someone made an album last year and we're going to dance to it. It's, it's this integrated uh, feedback loop of, of different artists. Jesse Manley came in to see uh, everything that we had on Saturday, was it? And then it was the first time he had seen movement to these songs and these things. And he was just like, wow, I didn't even think about that. And then him and Garrett have a really good... Con- like collaborative conversation where Garrett's like, my dancers need a couple more of these strums. Like, can you add those in? And so it's kind of back and forth or Jesse's like, you know, this tempo is really what makes it great. And so we're like, okay, 
we'll make the dance work with exactly what we have is on the recording. Is there like nicknames and shorthand developing of like give me a rumble or give me a give me a tumbleweed in the song or oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think in the men's section there there's going to be some for like we we have a base of music that we're working with and then when the band gets here like there's going to be other stuff that we're going to hear and it's going to be completely from the sight of the drummer he's just going to Oh, I didn't know it. that. Yeah. <laughs> so explain that more. How from the side of the drummer? Well, well, from he's going to react to what we're doing and just okay. play. Yeah, so it's a little improvisational. Yeah. That's fascinating. Oh, that's really cool. So with this increased and in, in more, there's more pieces to this than some of the previous collaborations. Is this has this been a challenge to incorporate more than just sight and sound and movement, but taste and smell and touch? Yeah. I don't know if more of a challenge, but another layer to our dancing. Like I know when we were rehearsing um, a while ago, Garrett told Damien and I to make the audience smell the the whiskey that we're drinking, or, or taste the whiskey and f- smell the leather, feel the leather, feel like different things that are in the scene that we're dancing in, and. I don't know, thinking about that while I was dancing, I became like hyper aware of everything around me. And um, so, yeah, I think, I don't know if I'd say challenging, but more exciting and fun. Even for me, I would expect it would translate to the audience too. It, yeah, it well, does show. I'm fascinated because it seems like smell is kind of an untapped uh, part of human experience of art even though it's it's so integral to memory and, and identity and place and i mean so is food i mean what nation doesn't have a huge history of food and and you know around the dinner table or different holidays or different traditions are, are centered around food and taste and smell and um when you try to think of i mean i didn't do extensive research but you try to think of like famous examples of smell and art um other than the work of actual chefs which you could call art um I mean, you think of the 1960s Smell-O-Vision, and it's like, that's not a great reference, probably, for what you guys are doing. And, it's a little lowbrow. But I was Googling on it, and it turns out that smell for film predates sound. So they were experimenting with smell for film before they even added sound to it. And so there was a newsreel of the Rose Parade, and they would take, like, rose oil and, like, put it in front of a fan and blow it into the audience. That is, well, and that's kind of what I thought we would do when we first talked about, you know, this is a ballet for all the senses. I was like, so are we going to rig up like some kind of like, you know, fan or gas system that is going to mist everybody? (laughs) Um, And that was a little terrifying. But uh, Garrett was just telling us today that there, uh, so we worked with a local perfumer. Her name is Michelle Rourke. And um, she's she's going to create all these scents. Like one is probably going to evoke like leather and fire of the home that Damien and Candace go home to at the end of the night. And there's probably going to be like a like a woodsy pine for a forest scene and a cool, crisp. All these different things that you will associate with winter. And then there's going to be some kind of card at the at the um, audience member's seat that they'll be guided to open and smell and really start taking that journey and associating what they're seeing, what they're hearing with what they're smelling. 
I just think it's there's so much you could unpack about smell, even though it seems kind of silly at some point. But like, the, I feel like modern life is all about eliminating smell. It's all about like if you smell something, it's bad. It's like oh, when someone says that smells, that's never a good thing. You know? <laughs> like, I'm glad that that smells. <laughs> that's yeah. not something you say. That's but, true. Um, it is still really integral and important. Um, as long, well, as long as it's not the dancer's feet. Yeah. <laughs> that won't be under the bill. Right, right. That's not on the bill. <laughs> and this is the dancer smell. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. So maybe switching gears a little bit, there's also costume is a huge part of your guys' productions. And uh, is it uh, Rachel who works on that? Rachel yes, Crafts? Yes, Rachel Crafts. Yeah, and it seems like it's just as integral to this production with uh, a lot of inspiration from animals and... Um, I saw a video on your guys' website where she was talking about the foxes and the buck and the magpies. And um, So are you guys representing specific animals in the production? Um, well, Meredith is. Do you want to go ahead? And yes, I'm the magpie, <laughs> which um, it turned out to be a giant 10-foot construction cape with pliable MDF to create the flap of the wing. Um, and that's been a real challenge. Yeah, how does that interact with actually performing the steps? And, and uh, it's hard. Um, <laughs> we had to start with, um, I think, probably only 45-minute rehearsals where Garrett would be helping me flap and kind of create these bird-like mo- movements. But I would have to throw down the wings because my forearms and my wrists would be just a quiver. I mean, jello. So the men in the company have actually been giving me tips of strengthening forearms and wrists. Um, Just doing lots of curling at home. Yeah. (laughs) Pumping iron. Like I hold soup cans for five minutes out to the side until it's it's pretty hilarious looking. But, you know, there's a lot of articulation and um, it's it's just been a real interesting thing. We've been videotaping and taking photos a lot. So that way we can see how it works. Um, but yeah, it's been cool. And I get to dance with Candace while I have my wings on. So it's a pas de between two women, one of which has these um, giant extensions. So it's, it's been fun. Mm-hmm. I haven't jabbed you too many times in no. the face. No, <laughs> no. Not at all. So, Candace, <laughs> what's your role then? Um, I am the lady or the wife. Um, so Damien and I are actually the only two humans in the ballet. And as far as my costume goes, it uh, plays an integral part with um, Meredith and I's relationship because she's the magpie and mag- magpies are attracted to very shiny things. So I have, um, I actually have three different costumes. I have my, I actually, and I got to see them today and they're, all really <laughs> amazing and I'm so excited. <laughs> um, but they're all very shiny and sparkly and glittery. So I have my yeah, my uh party dress, the my little slip um for when we get back to the house. <laughs> and then um and then a frost dress. And what Rachel was telling me was that it, she liked how they all kind of integrated like my my last dress that I wear, my frost dress, is an integration of my party dress and my slip. Like, it's a mesh of the two. So, as far as my costume, that's how that goes. <laughs> yeah. And Damien, your role? I am the husband slash 
the man. Lead man. <laughs> He's the lover. And the only part of my costume that I have right now is my my cape or cloak. Um, it's really heavy. has fur on it. I have a top hat. And uh, I assume I'm wearing a jacket, a vest, and some pants. But... Well, they've created a whole section for Damien where uh, it's a men's section, and they'll systematically take articles of clothing away from him. We just finished that today, so I forgot it already. (laughs) (laughs) Full brain. So at this point, after after all the Wonderbound productions you guys have been part of, are you getting used to... um, interesting costumes uh yeah i think we we know to expect beautiful uh, rachel has gotten to the point where she will really fine-tune it she's like i know you have to move like yeah, i know that's we- what i'm interested in like the what's the compromise there of like this has to be functional while also or maybe it's not always a compromise but that it's finding the way to do things yeah creative but, solutions i think because yeah. for the men like they are leaping and their legs are flying and they're doing these huge lunges in dress pants so if you leave dress pants as is or just simply create them like you would for an actor or something Mm -hmm. they will rip yeah yeah on stage (laughs) (laughs) and it's not pretty so (laughs) yeah she makes like a little gusset yeah she makes a gusset for there's some she's been pretty good at finding pants that are long and have a stretchy type material so she doesn't have to give on them yeah so that's always nice to, I mean, find pants, especially for me, that fit. Because I have like a 37 inseam. Oh, my so Lord. It's so really, it's, it's really hard for Rachel sometimes to find <laughs> pants for me because mm-hmm. my hips are under my earlobes. <laughs> but she does a great job at finding, making sure that you're comfortable. Like in this company, we dance in people clothes. We don't dance in dance clothes. Like, you don't really see us on stage in a leotard and tights too often. So and that's the that's the great thing about it, I guess. Is I think so, too. Yeah, it, it, like, connects you with the audience. Yeah. Because it's like they could imagine someone just walking down the street and suddenly they're expressing themselves in that way mm-hmm. through movement. Mm-hmm. So has the food been very integral to this too? I, I know the restaurants were were offering tastings of some of the things they would be uh, that would be at the actual performance. You know, I just hope that they make little boxes for the dancers. Yeah, Post we show. actually. I want some too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, since all these places are around, we have been able to. Like I've, ha- I think I've had, I've definitely had Amerigo. Yeah, fuel. let's go down the list. So there's Chef Brian Crow of Devil's Food. There's Noah French of Sugar Mill. Bob Blair of Fuel Cafe. And uh, is it Ian Christom of Amerigo? Or Chisholm. Or Chisholm, excuse me. Um, so it's not it's not just like one. It's like a collection of, mm-hmm. of amazing chefs. Of like curated involved. little yeah. bites that will be presented to the audience member. And... I think it'll just be really neat. If you're into the savory, you'll come to the 615 appetizer show. And if you're into the sweet, like a lot of us are, it'll be the 830 dessert show. Mm-hmm. So seeing as there's there's food involved with this production, it's actually, it takes place in the evening. It's dinner, whether it's appetizer or dessert oriented. Um, so this is billed as being geared towards like an adult experience. And while you're not going to turn away children, it, there's kind of an encouragement of like, 
get a babysitter, come come with your significant other and have a good time. I think <laughs> no babies. It seems that, that <laughs> no seems babies. Kind of rare. I mean, especially for a holiday show because yeah. it's Christmas Carol and Nutcracker. Really? Yeah, and it's, if you're a ballet company, like there's probably tons of pressure. Like, are you doing the Nutcracker? Are yes. you doing the Nutcracker? And it's like, as much as you love it, maybe like, can we do something else sometimes? Yeah, <laughs> and I would love it if because we're thinking about bringing this back every year seasonally, and it would just be such an honor if people are like, this is our holiday tradition. Like, we get a babysitter, and you know, me and my partner go out, and we watch some beautiful dance and we hear some gorgeous music and we are just transported it'd be so cool if like what if people write on their christmas cards like they take a picture of them at the performance (laughs) and that's what they send to their friends and family Mm -hmm. it's my dream yes (laughs) it's a dream we just came from winter loved it loved it (laughs) hashtag loved it Another aspect that may lead to more of the, the intimacy of the performance is that this is not happening in a traditional theater or hall, but it's it's in Junction Box here downtown in Denver at the place you guys rehearse. So how does that play into it? Is it is it scary? Is it interesting? Is it like, oh, I can't wait to show people what happens here? Or I love dancing here and having performances here because of the small space and it being very intimate and it's not like you're on a stage and the audience is out there. It's like everyone is enjoying the experience together. And, um, yeah, I think that that will, it's just going to be a lot of fun. And I think they'll enjoy that kind of experience too, as opposed to sitting in an audience and looking at a stage. And famously you guys is open up your rehearsals for the public to come and, and watch when they like so it seems like a natural extension of why don't we explore doing a more robust performance this way do y'all think that there are going to be any uh scary moments or any like moments where we're like it's a show but it's in our space and it's in our home and we didn't really troubleshoot this have y'all no um, really not really i mean no <laughs> I love no it. fear. There's yeah, zero because we fear. have done it so yeah, many times. Yeah, we do have because we have all of our teasers here, and we've had other little events here that we've performed. So yeah, it'll actually be made more comfortable. Yeah, than going all the way out to one of our theaters. Mm-hmm. Well, I was thinking about it as as a musician that plays shows that. Uh, occasionally we've done house shows Mm -hmm. and that's those are my favorite like Mm -hmm. you just pack people into a house and you know even if it's not objectively a huge number of people in that space it's a huge number of people and it just feels feels like just a wonderful party and you're in your you're on home turf and it's like this is where this is where it makes sense and i mean as much as it it's awesome to play a real venue and to pack that it's it's just a different thing yeah it's a different animal actually actually went to see Ian um, play at a house and it was like a whole bunch of other bands and it was really, really cool. Ian so, Cook. Ian yeah. Cook. Ian Cook, sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is our good friend. Yes, so. he is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he would sound gorgeous in the, in the living room. And I feel like I, me as an artist, I'm constantly, when I'm on stage, I'm constantly like breaking down the fourth wall. I don't. I don't care. I'm like, haha, I'm looking. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I'm like I'm a person. Mm-hmm. I'm not like I'm up here and you're down there and like I always find a way to just be like, Okay, this is my moment where I'm just gonna 
you know, connect. And this is where, I mean, in a performance space like this, this is where I feel like I would... Really yeah, it seems like that can be a really powerful thing used well in, in any art form. I mean, in House of Cards, you have Kevin Spacey turning to the camera. Yes. Um, countless rock bands that burst into the crowd or surf or climb. Like, they're just all over the place. And it, it definitely adds a, a new kind of energy to what may already be a great performance. Yeah, and we've been playing with those ideas for a couple of years now. So I think it's neat. Like, I love watching... I mean, everyone at this table, but uh, like all the dancers, because you really see that they're not just a little dancer, you know, in a little box, but they're really intent on feeling something honest and true and transferring that to at least one person in the audience. And we hear that a lot afterwards, like people just really come away feeling something from our shows, which is a treat. So I have to ask, do you guys have any special pre-show rituals or superstitions? Or I feel like every artist has something. Weezer throws Frisbees before they play. Do they? Um, I'm sure other people do other things. Dancers are worse than baseball players when it comes to superstition. Like, well, the women are. Well, the women. Yeah, the men are so laid back. They have a whole cool. dressing room ritual before we they do. even come out and do we a do. company thing. So. I don't know. Are we even allowed to say? I don't know no, if we're even. Oh, you don't have to reveal anything scandalous. <laughs> well, there's, we just have one. There's a song that we have moved If you're superstitious to. enough, you don't want to reveal it, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it has to occur. The one time we didn't listen to this song, oh, wow. terrible things happened on stage. Like, it was bad. Like, my skirt came completely off, and I had to step out of it and change the choreography and finish the, the rest show? in my trunks. Yes. Oh. oh, I will never forget it. <laughs> Because the audience <laughs> gasped and not in a good way. <laughs> yeah, but though I do feel like the audience is rooting for you. Like, they, yeah, we have a good audience <laughs> in that way, and we have our gather round mm-hmm. where we'll hold hands, mm-hmm. pass some energy, squeeze hands, and mm-hmm. breathe together. Mm-hmm. We say "mared," which is like a. A special little French word <laughs> for, yeah, for you. It's a really good French word. <laughs> um, how about post-show rituals? Are, are all bets off? We're done. I'm, I'm going to go crash. Well, I feel like we celebrate a lot after shows. Yeah, we yeah, do. Just have a good time and... Yeah. Well, after the last one. Definitely yeah, after the, the last, last one. one. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, like, in the, during, like, if we have a run of shows, we need some rest. Like, so. Okay, see you guys on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think do we have any good holiday traditions with the company? We have Secret Santa. That's a general that's not, one. That's not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> there can be some pressure. Mm-hmm. Oh, and when we have partners, we give each other oh, yeah. partner yeah. gifts. Married gifts. I'm, I'm really, I'm really bad gifts. at that, too. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It sounds ridiculous. <laughs> Married gifts. <laughs> but and they're always so fun because we know each other so well. And I'm, I've already picked out both of y'all's Married gifts. I haven't even. <laughs> I haven't even gotten past the men's section. <laughs> Just thinking about the grocery store mm, later. Yeah. Exactly. I know. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I'm giving you a sweet potato. Pie. Yes. Yeah. Hey, there we go. I Damien's take any an kind awesome. of food from Damien. So. Yeah. Any food from Damien is a good merit gift. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> so, what's next for Wonderbound? Is there more to the season? Yes. yes. Yeah. What? <laughs> uh, who wants to 
Marie Antoinette? Yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got it. We've got Marie Antoinette. Well, I'm also, you guys are immersed in getting this thing together. I'm like, what's next? And I you're know. Like, I can't. I, it's hard for us to think ahead, but it's looming. Yeah. Yes. Um, there's Marie with the Broke Chamber Orchestra, and that's going to be our February show, uh, which is going to be so much fun. There might be modern takes on, I mean, like on the harpsichord, there might be modern takes of some certain songs. Oh, nice. Don't spoil. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I know. I want to tell the audience everything, but y'all have to come to the show to really like... All of them. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> And then we have Boomtown, Tales from the River Valley, with a Chimney Choir. Another and prominent Denver Indian yes. artist. Yes. yes. We are getting our cred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that'll be in April. So that'll be our last show of the season. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for doing this, Meredith, Candice, and Damien. And uh, be sure to check out Winter at the Wonderbound Studio at Junction Box, downtown Denver, on December 10th, 11th, 17th, and 18th. There is a difference between the early and the late show, so choose wisely. And you can find out info or order tickets at wonderbound.com. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. This is so fun. fun.